Welcome to the Real Estate Investor Podcast. I'm your host, Gary Lipsky of Break of Day Capital. I talk to leading experts to discuss a wide range of subjects to educate investors on best-in-class practices to build legacy wealth and positively impact communities. Let's jump in. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Investor Podcast. I'm your host, Gary Lipsky with Break of Day Capital. Be sure to join our Facebook group, Asset Management Mastery, where we have a great community of thousands of like-minded individuals sharing resources and best practices. Choosing the right insurance coverage for multifamily properties isn't that complicated, if you know who to talk to. At the Garzella Group, we're uniquely qualified to help you navigate the range of policy choices you have, and we're committed to saving you 30% in the process. We do intensive market research and have nationwide relationships, so we can find coverage other insurance brokers simply can't. We should talk. Go to quotenow.biz and we'll start the conversation. Today on the podcast, we have Catherine Schmelz. Catherine has been buying distressed assets in a Dallas-Fort Worth area since 2013. She has purchased, rehabbed, and successfully sold for 100 single-family residences and has invested in over 700 units in total. Catherine, welcome to the show. Can you start by telling the listeners a little bit more about yourself and what you do? Sure. Thanks again, Gary, for having me on. Yeah, I'm Catherine Schmaltz. I live here in Dallas, Texas. I've been in real estate pretty much since I graduated from college. I started out working with a company that owned and managed about 6,000 doors and kind of did everything within that space and then went from working with Brian Amos, which a lot of people here in Texas know him. He does a lot of the due diligence and like construction management. So I walked like 5,000 doors and then did like 6 million in asset management stuff. And then from there, I was flipping houses with my business partner, Jimmy. We flipped over 100 houses, was super involved in single family. And since then, since about 2017, we focused and switched from single family to multifamily. So we bought six deals. We sold four, went full cycle on four of them, and we currently own two. Nice. Well, today I want to talk to you about your first syndication deal, which I understand you bought it at about 50% occupancy, which is a huge undertaking in your first deal. You know, tell me what drew you to this deal and what, you know, what class was it and, and, and more details about it. Yeah. So, so this deal was called Courtyard Down the Park. It's in Lubbock, Texas. It's 103 units. So what brought us to the deal? So me and Jimmy actually knew each other in college. He's uh, really good friends with my husband. That's kind of how we met. So we went to Lubbock or went to tech in Lubbock. So when this deal came across our desk, we knew Lubbock really well and we knew this, we knew this area. So we said, you know, let's go, go to Lubbock, check it out. We actually really like the deal. We're used to buying single family houses and would flip them. So we know the distress game. We, so it's kind of like what we thought was a perfect transition into multifamily. Let's just buy a super distressed asset. So it's 50% occupied. We first toured the deal. I don't think we really realized how distressed it was. You know, we learned a lot, right? This is our first deal. So once we got into due diligence, we walked all the units and then we realized that out of 50, so 50 of them are literally vacant. Out of those vacant units, we realized that they were holes in the ceiling. There's water leaks. People haven't been living there for like over a year, which there was a story behind why it was 50% occupancy was that it was also a chiller 1960s deal, C-class. 
So the chiller went out in the summer and then people didn't want to live there because it was hot and they couldn't get it fixed for like a month or something. So that was the reason why we heard that is 50% occupied. Well, once we walked the units, we realized it was actually cut holes in the sheetrock because there's leaks everywhere from the cast iron piping. You know, there was like <laughs> roaches in there. I mean, you, you realize it was, you know, more skeletons in the closet than I think we realized. So we ended up getting, luckily we got money off the deal. I don't think anyone actually realized how bad it was. So when we went into the property, we just thought, you know, this is what we're going to do. We're just going to rehab the units, fill it up. It's going to be super simple. And as we got in there, we realized that they really didn't spend any money in the last years. We found out that one of, actually several of the units didn't even have ducting in the walls. So all the, yeah, it was insane. I mean, all, the chiller, you know, the air handler was just dumping all the all the AC into the hallway. So nobody wanted to live in those units, obviously. So we had to put ducting, which we didn't think was going to happen. And because we came in saying, we're new management, we're actually going to spend money. There's a lot of people that I don't think were not the clientele that we wanted there. So a lot of people ended up finding new places because they saw the writing on the wall. So it went dipped down to 39% occupancy, which... That was new to us. So it was a little scary, but luckily we knew that we were going to have a negative cash flow for a while until we got it back up. So it was scary, but we learned a lot. We got it filled up. We sold it, I think, at 92% occupancy. We did really well for investors. We over 2x their money within less than three years or something like that. But wow, what a what a crazy ride that was. It was, it was fun, though. Uh, well, I applaud you for like still standing and able to tell this story because that that's just most other operators like going, you know, you certainly had really good experience going into this as far as yeah. from the single family and working with Brian Amos and whatnot. But for you to, you know, look at go, you know, take on your first multifamily to have 50% occupied and all these things and saying, hey, I still want to do this deal. Like <laughs> that takes guts. Yeah. I mean... We just, you know, we looked at it on the on DD and just said, you know what, there's definitely skeletons in this closet. I'm not sure what it's going to be. We're going to figure it out. Luckily for me, since I did due diligence, I padded our CapEx budget quite a bit. Luckily, we got money off the deal because it was way more distressed than any, even the broker was, wow. Because when we showed him pictures, what we walked, he was in shock. And then even I think the owner that owned it at that time was in shock. But, you know, we wanted this that bad. We wanted to show what we can do. And I think a lot of people now, I mean, we have a track record now. And I think a lot of people actually invest in that deal. We weren't going to give any distributions. It was kind of a deal that most people didn't do. Most people do deals that are 90% occupied and they're just going to raise rents. And, you know, but a lot of people knew our background was like, this is going to be, this isn't typically what we invest in, but I think it's going to be fun to watch, you know, what watch this take place. And I think all of our investors laughed a lot of the emails that we sent, but they were along for the ride and they actually really enjoyed it. So I think we learned a ton, way more than we would ever have learned just buying regular multifamily. And I think we're better for it, buying deals now. I want to put a disclaimer there for anyone listening or watching. It's like viewer or listening discretion <laughs> advised. Like this isn't like you're for the person just starting out, like, don't do this. This is, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's highly advised against, but you guys pulled it off. You had the, you, you had the right 
mindset in the beginning of like underwriting it correctly and having everything, you know, in your CapEx and letting investors know from the beginning, there's not going to be distributions and, and having the right game plan, which is like, there are good deals everywhere in any market at any time, if you underwrite it correctly. And if you, you know, communicate it correctly to your investors and, and obviously you guys did that. Yeah. Yeah. They knew they weren't getting distributions. They were along for the ride. And actually all the investors that invested with us on Fort Yards on the Park, they've, they're repeat investors because they watched it and they, they all just, I think were a little bit in awe by what we did and how we, you know, took control. And we, I mean, we, we owned it. I mean, it was a little bumpy at some times. I don't think anyone thought it was going to go down to 39%. It was a little scary at some points, but I was in Lubbock all the time. I, you know, I communicated everything with them and I think they really applauded what we did and love seeing the success and, and, you know, seeing how we pulled it off and we weren't going to, we weren't going to fail. So it was. That's great. Great attitude. Yeah. What was, you know, every deal is a little bit different. And so every deal, I think you learned something from it. Mm -hmm. What were some of your biggest lessons you learned from this one? Yeah, I think our biggest lesson is, you know, from going from flips, we thought that this was kind of how you did multifamily. You know, we're part of a mentorship group. I mean, we're, we've talked to a lot of people and I think people had different mindsets than us. But for us, we're like, we're the flippers. Y'all are from IT. You're from other W-2 jobs. Of course, you don't understand the distress type of deals, but we do, you know, but we've kind of learned from that and realized that it's more operational. <laughs> you could just be better at operations and be, you know, find little things that you can do that aren't so highly distressed and more multifamily. It doesn't have to be like a flip. There's there's other ways to increase value than just buying it at 50%. I think the last few years up until maybe, you know, last year, there was certainly this, you would typically underwrite it for a multifamily deal three to five years and have, you know, a whole time of four to five years. But now, you know, people, because of uh, compression of cap rates, I mean, we've been selling deals in two years or less. And and a lot of people are doing it because of that, you know, where the market was, but certainly that's not going to be the case all the time. Yes, for sure. Yeah. We actually just uh, purchased a property like not even a month ago, we bought it right before Christmas. It's an 11 unit deal. Right now it's a little bit of a different market, but this 11 unit deal, it's just, again, you know, it's, it's under market, all the properties it's, it's in Dallas, but we found different ways to increase value on these deals and, you know, appreciation and everything like that. And so that's kind of what we've been focusing on is maybe a little bit smaller deals, you know, not raising all the money right now. Me and Jimmy just bought it just us too, because it is a little bit different right now. And there's a lot of people that don't know what's happening and everything's just a little bit on pause. Yep. Absolutely. Have you taken on a project that mammoth since, or uh, typically, you know, on your other multifamily deals since then you've been going for more of the, you know, 80 to, you know, 95% occupied and not, and, and not as big of a lift. Yeah, exactly. It's more operational. We hire third party. We don't have third party in house yet, but or management companies. But yeah, I mean, we found like little ways. Like one of our properties, 
in San Antonio, we're painting the property. I mean, it just looks, it looks distressed, but it's still not distressed. It just looks like you need some TLC. So we're, you know, doing the parking lot and we're painting the buildings and we're putting in solar screens and we're putting in a fitness center and updating the clubhouse and updating the office and things like that, that just look pretty, but you know, which is the stuff I really like to do because again, we do have the house flipping attitude of just making it look pretty and people like to live and value where they live. If they're, if they're not embarrassed by it or they feel like it's a nice place, they'll act like that. And so that's kind of our thought is just, you know, if they love living there, then they'll want to pay more or take better care of the properties, kind of the way that we've been looking at things and just doing minor things or bigger uplifts, but nothing. We're not doing 50% and doing rehabs in every unit type thing, especially now. I love taking a property. Uh, A lot of properties I've bought too have been, you know, 1970s, maybe they haven't you know, they've been doing the rehab on the interiors, but a lot of the exterior stuff, they just lack the TLC. And so that those are like, you know, right down the fairway, yeah. you're building the CapEx, you, you know, it's like you said, it's not a, a massive lift, but man, just just doing the basic stuff is will add tremendous value to the property and you're creating a win-win for your investors and for your residents. And we find, you know, we could raise rents 300 plus and residents typically want to stay because they they really like the work that we've done and we're creating a safe you know place that they can feel very proud to live in you know yeah i think just having that that proudness makes them have the what is it to feel like they own it i mean they don't own it they rent it but pride of ownership is is huge because then they're not throwing trash on the ground And then another thing is what we like to do, and we really try to do a lot of community events, and we really try to build a community. And I know a lot of people say we're trying to build a community, but we actually really try, you know, to make sure they know their neighbors and make sure that they, you know, when they see someone throwing trash, that they do have the pride of ownership saying, hey, pick up your trash. We all live here too. You know what I mean? And kind of like watching each other. And I think that that has people wanting to stay, and then that closes the back door. So then you do better on your property. So what are your, some of the favorite community events that you typically like to do at your properties? So we typically, so we do pool parties. Those are always a hit, but we do like back to school backpacks. So we put together backpacks because a lot of the properties that we buy and the properties that we actually look for are properties that have a lot of kids, families, because everybody, again, that's creating community because everybody's watching out for each other's kids. And so that's, the type of properties I like to buy, but give the backpacks out, I think is, is awesome. And obviously we, ha- we always have really big things for Christmas. We have people dressing up for Santa and doing, you know, ginger man decorating. And those, those are my favorite. And I think that that creates a lot of, you know, buzz within the community. Very back. cool. And do you, do you buy the backpacks or do you get them donated or? We have gotten most of it donated, but we have a lot of kids. So we usually have to put in more money because we have a lot of backpacks and all. And because we have backpacks and then we fill them with supplies as well, too. So it's not just backpacks. So we get a lot of it donated, but I think there's still a shortage. We have to buy the rest of it. Yeah, I love it. That's that's so cool. I'm sure your residents appreciate it tremendously. And, and like you said, that 
you know, you giving back to them makes them really cherish their property. And, and I'm sure it has a huge effect to your, to your bottom line. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's such a big deal. I mean, a lot of people overlook that, you know, because they are looking at the bottom line. And of course, resident parties cost money, you know, unless actually we've got, gotten a lot of stuff donated, like food for the parties and things like that. Our vendors are really good at donating. And then our regional managers are really good at raising money from our vendors. So it's actually win-win. But I mean, just those little things of just having something for the kids, because a lot of these kids, you know, they don't, they're not super involved. They're just kind of hanging out at the property, right? So kind of have stuff and, you know, come in and get donuts in the morning or, you know, guess how many lollipops are in this, in this mason jar. And then you get a lollipop. And then when you come in and guess, you get a lollipop just for coming in. And I mean, the kids, the kids love coming to the office and then we love coming to the office because then we know the families. And then if you know the families, then they don't want to not pay rent because they feel bad. So then they come in and pay rent. I mean, it's just, it's like a cycle, right? Of just being friendly. Absolutely. And, and even if it costs you a hundred dollars a month at $1,200, you'll, you'll make that money back, you know, fivefold, you know? Oh, so. for sure. For sure. And I mean, even it's not even the money sometimes it's just it's at the end of the day we're all people and you know we it's good to give back to to people that you know don't have as much as you do so absolutely absolutely well i asked this question of all of our guests what is your asset management superpower oh asset management superpower it kind of goes along with what we're just talking about i think my asset management superpower is kind of working with our team. Our, so a lot of, you know, a lot of owners, you know, like to just deal with re- the regionals and not really talk to the onsite, but I'm a little bit different. I like to talk to the onsite management. I like to talk to the maintenance people. I like to really know what's going on. I think my asset management superpower is just communicating with them, motivating them because you're only as good as the people at your property. And if you can motivate them and, make sure that they know that you appreciate them and then they'll want to work harder for you. And so we, I've always had really good relationships with all of our team members on site. Those four properties that we sold, several of the people actually cried when we sold it because they were, you know, they loved us. And I think that that is kind of a big deal. And I think that that's why we've been successful is uh, making sure that every we're team players and everybody around us feels successful and we all feel success together. Absolutely. Absolutely. That is super important and very impressive. So Catherine, uh, I appreciate you coming on the podcast and sharing a ton of information on a deep value add and your, your management style. Super important, super useful. Please tell the listeners where they can find out more about you and your company. Sure. So the name of our company is High Five Multifamily. It's me and my business partner, Jimmy Edwards. Um, you can find that at highfivemultifamily.com. It's H-I- H-I-G-H-F-I-V-E, multifamily.com. Or you can email me. I mean, I'm always available to talk, chat, you know, talk shop. Uh, But my email is catchmelts at gmail.com. So it's K-A-T-S-C-H-M-E-L-T-Z at gmail.com. Please reach out. I'd love to talk to you guys. Awesome. This is Gary Lipsky signing off. I'll be back next week with another informative episode on the Real Estate Investor Podcast. To all of our listeners, Thanks for joining us. And if you like this episode, please head over to iTunes or Stitcher and like, subscribe, and leave a review as it will help us reach more people 
And if you'd like to learn more about what we do at Break of Day Capital, head over to our website at breakofdaycapital.com and sign up for our newsletter and fill out our investor application. We'll talk to you next week.